Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Welcome in. Welcome in to episode number 109 of the Sports Kiki podcast. My name, as always, is Alex Reamer. You can find the show wherever you can find your favorite out sports podcasts here on this beautiful Saturday, the last Saturday of March. Can you believe that? Here we are. Life's getting good here. I noticed, well, I didn't notice this. I actually looked it up that at least where I live in Boston, the next time the sun will set before 7 p.m. is September 12th. So that is some good stuff indeed. A reason to feel good about yourself here as we dive in for a little weekend kiki because who doesn't love to kiki on the weekends? That's what they're, that's what they're for, right? Uh, there's one big story that I want to talk about on the show this week. I have a few other little tidbits I'll mention at the end, but want to spend the bulk of my time this week with all of you about talking about Tom Brenneman and asking the question, does Tom Brenneman deserve a second chance? Maybe asking why Tom Brenneman and why Tom Brenneman this week? He said the gay slur 18 months ago. Why bring him up now? Well, that's because Sid Ziegler published an excellent story on OutSports about Tom and what he's been doing over the last 18 months since he lost all of his play-by-play gigs. Who is the real Tom Brenneman? And does he deserve a second chance? Is the title of the piece. And in the piece, Sid does something that we have not yet seen in regards to Brenneman and really seldom see whenever these stories come up. Famous person says gay slur, looks for redemption. You know, that arc. And what Sid did that what was so unique and what makes the story so great is he spoke to actual LGBTQ people and not just any LGBTQ people, but LGBTQ people who know Tom Brenneman and live in the Cincinnati area where he also lives. Sid also talks to one of his best friends from high school who's currently in California, but I would say that's somebody who knows Tom pretty well too. So those are the sources for the story. That's the lens in which the story was told. And frankly, they are quoted far more in the piece than Brenneman himself. And as a fellow writer, I'll tip my hat to Sid. I think that's a great call because again, this is not Tom Brenneman's story to tell. This is the story to tell of the LGBTQ people who know him. And that question, does he deserve a second chance? Of course, if you need a brief refresher about what happened, it was August of 2020. He was calling a sleepy doubleheader with the Reds. And then he was on a hot mic. He said that Kansas City is the fag capital of the world. A truly puzzling statement for a number of reasons, beginning with the fact that Kansas City has never been described as such. <laughs> so that's number one. And number two, to so nonchalantly say that word on a live mic in regular conversation, it, 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 it insinuated that that is not the first time that Tom Brenneman has used that language. Let's just say for it to slip out so casually in conversation like that. So the clip goes viral. And then later that day, Brenneman still on the air issues an apology. And then he <laughs> calls the Nick Castellanos home run. You know, the meme, this will stick around forever. 
I pride myself and think of myself as a man of faith, as there's a deep drive into left field by Nick, by Castellanos, and that'll be a home run. That'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. Deep drive to left field by Castellanos. I mean, that is one of the memes from this pandemic era that I think is sticking around. And as The Ringer wrote last year, really describes the absurd times in which we live. So Tom Brenneman says the gay slur, goes viral for that, and then goes viral for his very mockable on-air apology. So he's immediately fired from his job with the Reds. He's also fired from his NFL duties with Fox. So the question is, what's he been doing these last 18 months? Well, he's been putting in the work. And that's the most important thing. You know, the storyline of famous person says gay slur, or famous person says homophobic joke, or famous person does anything anti-gay. That's not new or, you know, it's, as I said, it's been around for, for, for such a long time. And, you know, them apologizing for saying the gay slur, the anti-gay thing is not particularly meaningful. I mean, it takes close to zero effort to push out a statement with an apology that I'm sure gets cleared through a million channels, probably not even the person's own words by the time it gets out there. So takes Zero effort to do that. You get no points for that. You can donate to GLAAD or some other, you know, well-known national LGBTQ charity of your choosing. And that's nice. The money helps. They, they are all great organizations that do wonderful things. But again, writing a check does not take much effort. But these things happen because it's what you're supposed to do, right? Uh-oh, I'm a famous person. I just said something anti-gay, let me apologize, I love the LGBTQ community, oh, let me wear a rainbow thing, yeah, I'll write a check to the Trevor Project, and look at me, two months from now, three months from now, you know, five months from now, whatever you want to say, but eventually, this will be forgotten, water under the bridge, and I can get back to doing what I've always done. That's the mindset, and usually, that's how these things work. But then you're Tom Brenneman, who again is 18 months removed from the incident and still has not been back in front of the mic. And you know, let's start here. I'm not getting out the small violins for Tom Brenneman. His father, Marty, is a legendary broadcaster, longtime announcer for the Reds. So let's just say uh, I think he had some connections to get to his cushy national gigs. He's made a ton of money in his career. He's fine. You know, there there are people with plights far greater than Tom Brenneman's. But we are talking about Tom Brenneman. So let's talk about him. And he does want to work again. So the question is, as Sid asks in the headline, should he? Personally, I don't know. But most of the LGBTQ people interviewed in this article say they do know. And they think he should receive a second chance. And I can tell you, that from reading this piece, any future employer of Brenneman's should have no question about how sincere he is on these issues and his attempts to make things right. Make things right, excuse me. We read about how he's spoken with so many members of the LGBTQ community. And when you read this piece, a picture emerges of someone who, yes, used a horrible slur in public, but seems genuine in his contrition and growth in understanding the community he maligned. And 
you know, Brenneman said at the end of his memeable and mockable apology, that's not who I am and never has been. And again, I read this piece and you say, well, I mean, that, that, that seems like it's true. You know, we hear from his gay high school friend who said Brenneman always had his back. Uh, we hear about a conversation he had with 12 LGBTQ people in Cincinnati on a porch uh, where he did a lot more listening than talking, all the attendees said. Uh, he's attended local PFLAG meetings. He's volunteered for the Children's Home of Northern Kentucky, a nonprofit that helps LGBTQ youth facing homelessness, family issues, and other hurdles. And Rick Worth, the CEO of said charity, said this of Brenneman and whether he should be given a second chance. With no doubt, I don't bat an eye for a second. I've spent too much time talking to him. This is not just some extended role performance. And you look at what Brenneman says about his time with the charity and how it's changed his viewpoints. And he talks about not even being able to comprehend kids being kicked out of their parents' homes because they're gay or LGBTQ. Can't even imagine it. And this has really changed his perspective. It's opened his eyes to something that he was largely ignorant of. Here's the direct quote. For any parent to kick their child out of their home because they're gay, that's unthinkable, Brenneman said. But it goes on every day. I just didn't understand that. Aha. I just didn't understand that. Isn't that the best possible outcome? For, you know, whenever these things happen, famous person says stupid thing. Famous person says anti-gay slur. Famous person then apologizes. Famous person does some charitable work. Isn't the ultimate goal for that person then after the experience to say, you know what? I just didn't understand. I didn't understand what the word meant. I didn't understand the harm it does when people hear it. I just, I didn't understand the the plight that many in the community are facing even still today in 2022 in the free US of A. That's what we want, right? And that's what Brenneman is saying verbatim. And more importantly, that's what the people who know him are saying, including the head of the Children's Home of Northern Kentucky. Sorry, it took me a while to find that, but there we go. So my question is, on top of does Brenneman deserve a second chance or should he get a second chance, is again, the LGBTQ people who know him say he's sincere. Aren't they the ones worth, worth listening to? And not some straight white male TV executives who, you know, I think rightfully so, afraid of blowback if they bring Brenneman back in. But one of my favorite sayings, especially in these times, is you can't be more offended than the victim. And to circle back to my original point at the top of the show, always good you can tie things together. That's why it was so powerful for Sid to include Voices from the LGBTQ community, and they told the story through their eyes. So, you know, at the end of the day, one publicly uttered slur should not define somebody for life. 
it shouldn't. And especially if that person learns from said slur. And it looks like Brenneman is one of those people. Just like Tim Hardaway. I hate gay people. Now he's a great LGBTQ advocate. There's a number of examples like that. Players, athletes, famous people, actors, musicians. Go on down the line. Not so much politicians because they're pinheaded. (laughs) But go on down the line. Say something anti-LGBTQ. And then turn around and become a great advocate and supporter for the community. And to have those voices supporting the community is is the most powerful thing of all. You know, I said this thing. I was ignorant of the struggles that they're going through. And now I'm helping them. I mean, that's a message that resonates with a crap ton of people. Especially in a place like Cincinnati. So... So that's, that's, I think, the goal here. And that's the best case scenario. And I also understand some of the criticism, which would be there are all these horrors going on in the world and all of these injustices. Do we really need to take a lot of time on Tom Brenneman, who, again, has made so much money, is in a very privileged position, And like, when you put it like that, like, no, like Tom Brenneman is not more important than the plight of uh, transgender youth who are, you know, in Texas, whose parents now could be uh, prosecuted for seeking their medical care for them. Like, no, but there's room to talk about that and this. And as I also said, we're talking about this. So that's Tom Brenneman for you. If you have not read the piece, I highly encourage you to do so. Very thought-provoking. That's what you like to do on the Sports Kiki, right? Kick off your weekend, kick off your Saturday, or really whenever you're listening to us, with some thought-provoking content. Uh, another good story, I'm going to plug our other co-founder, Jim Bazinski, that appeared on Outsports Friday, is with an out-BYU athlete, an out-track, an out-member of the BYU men's track team, Ty Wright. He was interviewed on a podcast hosted by Emma Gee, who was the, to our knowledge, the first publicly out active athlete at BYU a few years ago. She wrote a great coming out story for Outsports. She has a podcast now. It's plugged into the BYU LGBTQ community, the one that exists, and it seems like it's growing a little bit. Ty Wright says he's been out to his coaches, his teammates, his classmates, family, and... He's encountered nothing but love and support. He feels like he's been embraced, especially by his teammates. And that's really great to hear. Very interesting to hear coming from BYU, which still has a stringent honor code that explicitly forbids same-sex relations. So what does this mean? You know, I think it means that we see all the polls, how Gen Z is the most non-straight generation, the most liberal generation on a whole host of social issues, the most pro-LGBTQ generation. And I think that is uniform, whether you are at BYU or BU, Boston University, my alma mater, which is nothing like BYU. (laughs) So probably the exact opposite of BYU, if you could choose one. A city school made up of loudmouthed, you know, New Yorkers. Like, yeah, I think, I think that's the opposite. Um, but you know, it shows the student body more open than previous generations. And that's so good to hear 
because this week was, there's a lot of depressing news as always, but in terms of gay rights in this country, I think a really depressing week, you know about the Supreme Court confirmation hearings with Judge uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, who handled herself with such aplomb during these hearings in these vicious, vicious, ridiculous attacks from these Republican senators. I mean, painting her as an enabler, if not outright supporter of child pornography, I mean, gross. I mean, that is sick. Uh, But she hung in there. And I mean, yeah, very impressed. But during her confirmation hearings, scores of Republican senators brought up Obergefell, which of course was the Supreme Court ruling that legalized same-sex marriage nationwide. They brought up Obergefell time and time again and hit on a number of themes about how the right to marriage is not outlined in the Constitution. You've heard the arguments before, and they asked for Judge Brown Jackson's views on the matter. They've done this for years on Roe v. Wade and abortion rights, but now, you know, that could very likely be overturned. It effectively already is being overturned in several states. So now we're on to the next target. And you look at the bill that just passed in Florida, curtailing the discussion of LGBTQ issues among young school children, just nonsensical, unnecessary government overreach. I mean, that really should be the opposite of conservatism. But, you know, when you're fighting the culture wars, all morals and all sorts of, uh, you know, and all sorts of uh, integrity goes out the door. And that's what's happening here. I mean, it's it's pretty scary. We have a very conservative, even when she's confirmed, it'll still be a six to three court. I mean, if they want to go after same-sex marriage and other gay rights, LGBTQ rights, they're laying the groundwork for it and don't think they won't. So that's why when you read a story like the one on Ty Wright, talking about the acceptance, support, and embrace he felt at BYU, makes you a little confidence as maybe these dinosaurs are just that. Dinosaurs. As always, the kids are our future, and it's never been brighter and hotter. Thanks to, you know, our world heating up. But anyway, that's a positive way to end the show. No, thank you for listening to episode number 109 of the Sports Kiki Podcast. My DMs are open on Twitter. At AlexRemer1 is my name. That again is at AlexRemer1. So long, everybody. We'll talk to you next Saturday. Thank you for listening.